If you want to turn in your Bibles, look at Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I'll go ahead and tell you, I've, for whatever reason, I trust this of the Lord, I've been greatly anticipating this particular subject and message. And I hope that is evident by the blessing of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about in the Hall of Faith how by faith we understand whether it's creation or the things that are going on around us because of the fall of man. We understand some things by faith that the world without faith does not understand. Would you agree with that? And by faith, like Abel, we can offer to the Lord a more acceptable sacrifice. And by faith, we can please God, which seems amazing, like Enoch pleased God. And by faith, we can move in respect of God whenever, like Noah was warned, God said, I need you to do this. We can move by faith like Noah. And last week we saw how by faith we can go like Abraham. And today I think is probably, to me personally, the most interesting of all the things that we can do in faith. This morning we talk about by faith we laugh. By faith we laugh. Read with me in verse 11 of Hebrews 11. Through faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. You can go ahead and be turning back over to Genesis 21, which is the verse in the Old Testament that goes in conjunction with this. And as you're turning there, I'll just tell you a little story. One night, many months ago, we were using a portion of Scripture about Sarah as a devotion at home. I think I may have shared this with you before, but it won't hurt to share it again. I was trying to emphasize to the children just how crazy this was about Sarah having a baby. And I said, before we even went into the subject, I said, guys... What would you do if I told you that Aunt Lorraine, 85 years old, Brother Mackie, 83 years old, they're expecting a baby. And everybody went, <laughs> I got the reaction I was looking for. Makes you laugh, doesn't it? And I said, what about Sarah? She never could have a baby. She never had the op- a possibility medically of being able to have a baby. And she's past the age of when any woman conceivable would ever have a baby. She's 90 years old. And she has a baby. This old woman has a baby. That is to laugh, is it not? It just makes you go, you're kidding me. Can you imagine when the news got back to Ur or to Haran where they had left? Hey, did y'all hear about old Sarah who was barren? Yeah, yeah, they're probably dead by now. She just had a baby. (laughs) Everybody went, no, are you kidding me? By faith, God makes us laugh. I think this may be, especially this day and time, one of the most important messages that we hear, especially with all of the gloom and doom and sadness that is around us. So very quickly, give you just a little short survey of laughter in the scripture. Because I think if you'll, if you'll go with me through this journey of faith with Sarah, I hope you'll have a a different view of God. God who makes us laugh. 
Uh, you've heard the old saying, life is either a comedy or a tragedy, right? And we just keep on laughing. That's my choice. You can go down into the mully grubs and look at the tragedies around you, or you could just keep on smiling and laughing. And I don't mean blithely like some fool. I mean processing it from the Lord is with us, the Lord will not forsake us. About 40 times in the scripture, the, the actual word laugh or laughter or laughing occurs. And we're going back to some of our Hebrew now. Y'all remember my favorite Hebrew word, samach? Y'all remember that one? Well, I may have another new favorite one now because the Hebrew word for most of the occurrences of laughter is sokak. Sokak. What does that make you think of? Cackle? Cackle? <laughs> Cackling and laughter? Sokak. So I may, I'm not going to make you say it, but you know you want to. I've gone from samak to now to sakak because it sounds like somebody laughing. Now, the definition of laughter in the, from the Hebrew is to laugh in pleasure or detraction, which means, in, depending on the context, it could be a scoffing, mocking laugh, or it could be a laugh of joy, okay? So, as we consider these contexts of laughter, think about, think about whether it's a laugh of scorn or whether it's a laugh of true joy. And by the way, the implication of this word laughter comes from a word which means to play, like a child would be playing. First of all, we know that God himself laughs. Psalms 2 and 4 says that the kings of the earth and the rulers of the earth set themselves against God. And they said, let us break his bands asunder. Let us throw off his cords. And if you can picture the Lord sitting up there on the throne in heaven with his scepter of righteousness, which is Christ himself, and listen to that, They're, the, the kings of the earth are revolting against God. It says, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. He shall have them in derision. Which means, for God, which is not wrong, it, it would be wrong for us, but it, it means God is mocking them. Having in derision means to, to uh, speak gibberish, like, <laughs> like that. You know, somebody's trying to tell you something and you start scoffing. <laughs> Can y'all picture God doing that? These kings are down there, we'll break his bands asunder. God is nothing to us. And God goes, <laughs> I think that's hilarious. So it doesn't matter what laws they pass, no matter how they try to throw off God and say, God means nothing to us. You know, I'm an atheist. I don't have, you know, God doesn't have any bearing. Even for a child of God, he doesn't have any bearing in my life. He doesn't care about me. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh at that. There's some bad contexts of laughing. I'll just, there's several, but I'll give you this one. Psalm 22 and 7, when Jesus was on the cross, it says, they shoot out the lip. They have laughed me to scorn. They were standing by while Jesus was hanging on the cross, saving some of those very people that were laughing from their sins. And they were going, ha, see, I told you, he's not the Christ. <laughs> see? Now, there's also some good laughter in the Scripture. And I pulled this one from the New Testament, Luke 6 and 21. I bet you hadn't noticed this one was part of the Beatitudes because it's not in Matthew. But it says, blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. <laughs> Isn't that great? The word laugh there means to laugh as a sign of joy or satisfaction. Psalms 126 and 2 says, When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were as those that dream. Then was our tongue fill, our uh, tongues filled with singing and our mouth filled with laughter. Somebody caused those people to laugh. Who was making them laugh? It's when the Lord 
turn the captivity of Zion. I like this one in Proverbs 8 and 30. One of my favorites. I've heard a lot about it over the last couple of years. And I can't get it out of my head. I can't get away from it. The word rejoice where it says that the father was rejoicing in the son in creation as he spoke the world into his existence as if a child, it was like a child's play work for God. It says the Lord was laughing. He was rejoicing. That's what the, the root is something even more than laughing. God was rejoicing in his son. There was laughter going on at the creation. You ladies, especially you mothers, will like this. In Proverbs 31 and 25, it says, Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice. It means to laugh. She shall rejoice and laugh in time to come. Sometimes when those babies got diapers and crying out, and when those you know, 14 and 15-year-old babies are crying out, and yeah, yeah, it's not a whole lot to laugh about, is it, moms? It says, she shall laugh. You be faithful. She shall laugh in time to come. Zechariah 8 and 5 says that when the Lord restored Jerusalem, it says there were old men there, there were old women there, and there were children playing in the streets. The word playing is the same word used for laughter. Can you hear them in your mind? Can you hear them playing and laughing? That's a picture of success that the Lord sees. It's a picture of joy that the Lord sees. And the last one I'll give you on this short survey of laughter is Ecclesiastes 10 and 19. I never noticed this verse before. But it says that a feast, a celebration, a feast is made for laughter. (laughs) Have you experienced that? I hope that your feasts in your home and your feasts when you fellowship, they're made for laughter. They're made for joy. Right? Now, very quickly, what are ways that God makes me to laugh? I very much identify with this because I am in a constant mode of trying to get people to laugh. I don't want to be too much of a clown, but I like to make people laugh, especially little children. And there's a few of them from time to time that give me that look. But if I just keep after them, keep poking them in the ribs and, hey, buddy, making faces and whatever, eventually you say, well, that's just for you, Brother Tim. I believe it applies to our Lord in a much greater way. Has God made you to laugh? I'll tell you one thing that makes us laugh when it comes to God. It's when God does the impossible. You want to know the primary reason why Sarah laughed in faith? It's because God did the impossible. God made her womb work again, and she had a baby at 90 years old. And we go, huh, that's just crazy. Another place in the Scripture we find about things that are impossible with men, Matthew 19 and 26, as the apostles stood by and they said of the rich young ruler who had it all going on, he had every box checked except for one. And the apostles thought Jesus was talking about going to heaven. He was really just talking about discipleship. Y'all know that. But they said, who can be saved and go to heaven if this man who's lived such a good life can't be saved? By what he's doing. And Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. To think that he saved me, it causes me to laugh. (laughs) Does it cause you to feel that way? You say, if you say, well, no, I'm offended at that. I see perfectly clearly why God would save me. I check all the boxes. I do everything I'm supposed to do. I read my Bible every day. I tithe. I give this. I do that. That sounds a lot like our old Pharisee in Luke 18, doesn't it? It would have offended him if you just said, God saved you. I hope it starts with you. I think of myself and I think, God saved me? That's funny. Regardless of what you think about me, 
I think of myself and I think, God saved me. And then I look at someone like the thief on the cross and it makes me laugh. A guy who was a, was a criminal his whole life, ashamed to his parents, and in the last couple hours of his life, God saves that guy? That's to laugh, is it not? God makes me laugh in faith when I see that. When I see the Apostle Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus with death warrants in his hand for the children of God that believe just like you believe, and God comes and strikes him down, doesn't offer him salvation, but imposes his salvation upon him. That makes me laugh. Can you imagine when that word went out? First, they were afraid. Did you know uh, Saul of Tarsus is preaching? What? <laughs> and then they'd be, after they realized it's for real, they'd be like, what? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. See? The man who came to Jesus with the afflicted son, you remember? That would cast himself into the fire, cast himself into the water. He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. And Jesus said, if thou canst believe... All things are possible to him that believeth. Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane in Mark 14 and 36, as he he was there on the ground praying, listen to the words of Jesus. Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. (laughs) That makes me laugh to think of what Jesus did. It was not a laughing matter. Now, when it was going on, it was extremely serious. But when you look at that empty tomb and you think about he's not there, that makes me smile. Y'all know in the past, I've kind of ribbed you a little bit, especially on songs where it mentions the word smile. And we're sitting here singing something, 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 and I smile. (laughs) That's not right. Come on. It needs to be whatever, whatever, whatever. And I smile. (laughs) You need to smile when you say smile. It kind of makes you say it, sort of like Samach. So you see, laughter's all through the Scripture. God makes people laugh in faith. Now consider with me Sarah. Because in Genesis 21, is that where I told you to turn? I think it was. In Genesis 21, this is not the first time that Sarah has laughed. Genesis 21, it says, The Lord visited Sarah as He had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. How about that language? That's that's good, isn't it? For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time at which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old. Wow. When his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said... God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. Isn't that something? God made Sarah laugh. But this is not the first time that Sarah has laughed. If you look back over to Genesis 17, I think it's of note that we should catch where her husband laughed in a different way. And I think when he went home and talked to Sarah about it, I think she probably laughed because they were very close, very knit together, and they were one. So in Genesis 17, in verse 17, we see that Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? Now, if you see the context of this, you see that this is not a laugh of faith, right? This is a scoffing laugh. 
And God has just changed Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham. And he has just changed Sarai's name to Sarah. And he says, Sarah shall bear thee a son and I will bless her. And watch what it says in verse 16. She shall be a mother of nation and kings of people shall be of her. That's amazing, isn't it? That makes you laugh. An 90-year-old barren woman is going to be a mother of nation and kings of people will come from her. That's amazing, is it not? And Abraham goes, <laughs> he scoffs. You ever done that? You ever scoffed at the promises of God and laughed in that way? I have. I say it to my shame. Abraham laughs. And in his heart, he says, I'm 100? She's 90? This is crazy. And then look at verse 18. Abraham says, all that Ishmael might live before thee. See, Abraham loved his son Ishmael by Hagar. But God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And not only that, I tell you, the Lord puts his money where his mouth is, right? He says, and this is what you're going to name that boy. You're going to name him Isaac. And so, God goes on and says, I'm going to take care of Ishmael. Don't worry about Ishmael. But Isaac is the seed through which I'm calling kings of people. The ultimate king, of course, being Christ. So the first laugh is Abraham. Can you picture, you know, I've told you before that this, this is over a, a, a probably a 45-year period that God is appearing to Abraham. This is about halfway through it. Abraham was around 70 or 75, and now Abraham is 99. So it's about halfway through the appearances of God. And every time God appears, He gives Abraham a little bit more information. And this is the lowdown here, isn't it? I mean, because it's right on top of them. It's less than a year away, you know, nine to 10 to 12 months away. And this boy is going to be here. All that God has been promising. And Abraham goes, <laughs> he laughs. After Abraham has seen God take care of him, he's come out. He's done all the things. He's sojourned. He's seen God provide and he still laughs. Isn't that our human nature? <laughs> One of the reasons I emphasize that to you is because, again, you don't want to think of Abraham as some type of superhero of faith. He was a man subject to like passions just like you and I. See? And he had sin in him. So look at the next laugh, which is dear Sarah's laugh in Genesis 18. Now, as we move down very quickly to... Verse 9 of Genesis 18. I'll just set the scene up for you real quickly. This is Abraham. He's 99 years old. Sarah's about 89 or 90. And they're in the tent, probably near an oasis because there's trees there. They're kind of out in the, a desert area. So Abraham is sitting in the tent door during the day, probably because it was very hot inside the tent. And he looks up and he sees three men. And these are not just any men. This is the triune God. Can you imagine how you would feel if, if the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit showed up at your house? You say, how does he know that? By faith, he knows that. Obviously, God appears in ways and reveals himself when he wants to, so you can know it's him. And so Abraham scurries. This hundred-year-old man, he gets up, he begins to move, he goes straight to them, and he says, let, let us entertain you for just a little while. Stop and eat. And let's, let's enjoy some fellowship for a little while. 
It says he bowed himself towards them. And then Abraham scurries about. He goes and tells Sarah, we need to make ready a, a meal for God. You say, that doesn't seem necessary. Does God really get hungry? You'll have to take that up with God. God was very pleased that they set a meal before him. Very pleased with that. Why? Because our God is a God of fellowship. And so Abraham hastens to the tent, tells Sarah, make, make some cakes quickly. He says, make three, three measures of fine meal and make three cakes, three people, three father, the son, the Holy Spirit. And they took butter. He took milk. He went, he rushed into the herd and got a calf. You know, it take a little while to do that. He had to dress this calf. He had to cook this meal. It probably took a while, a couple hours. And God is just waiting there patiently. And so finally they sit down. Abraham sets the meal before them. It says that Abraham stood by as a waiter to make sure that, everybody, that, that God was, was covered. You know, everything was good. He, do you need anything? He was the waiter. And God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit sat down under a tree outside of Abraham's tent and ate with him. <laughs> That's, that makes you laugh right there, doesn't it? That the God of heaven, who set the stars and the planets on their circuit would come down and sup with a hundred-year-old man out in the wilderness. And look at the conversation that takes place here. He says in verse 9, aside from saying, we'll stay and eat, this is the first thing of substance that God says. Of course, that was of substance, obviously, but God says this in verse 9. They're sitting there eating. He says, where is Sarah, thy wife? This is the first time that God in all these years has asked for Sarah. He says, where is Sarah thy wife? Now watch the dialogue. And Abraham says, behold, in the tent. And God says, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. See, Sarah's inside behind the tent. She's kind of eavesdropping and listening in. Let me tell you, if you have a problem with that, if God was eating with your husband or your spouse, you'd be eavesdropping too. <laughs> I want to hear what Abraham's told me about this God all these years. He's relayed the message a second hand to me. Now I'm getting to, she's listening to God speak firsthand. So she's got her ear craned at the door right there. And she, he says, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door. Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. Within herself now. She didn't go, ha, 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 inside. She, you can just see her. After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? That's quite a different commentary on how people view children today, isn't it? But that's a story for another time. Sarah said, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? I want you to know the root word of that word pleasure right there. You know what it is? This really struck me. It's Eden. E-D-E-N. Eden. In their minds at that time, you can imagine that the greatest thought of pleasure that fascinated their minds was the thought of a man and his wife walking sinless in fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden. The very word that they used to express pleasure was the word Eden. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Shall I have Eden? Shall I have such a pleasure as Eden? My Lord being old also. Now y'all picture this. This is happening at the same time. Sarah's inside and she's within thinking, hmm, good grief. And the Lord never misses a beat out there. 
Can y'all see the Lord just looking right at Abraham? He, he's not, he doesn't turn around and look at Sarah, but he's looking right at Abraham. He says, Sarah, thy, son, thy, thy wife shall have a son. Sarah. <laughs> and God says, wherefore does Sarah laugh? I can just see it playing out. He's looking straight at Abraham. Why does Sarah laugh? See, God's not laughing. You say, well, wasn't this a good laugh? It was not a good laugh. It was not a laugh of faith. It was a laugh of scorn. Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. You see, how do we know for sure that this was bad? Because Sarah denied and said, I I laugh not. Sarah just lied, uh, a bald-faced lie directly to God. (laughs) you You could split that hair and say, well, she didn't laugh out loud. Well, you're a legalist if you say that. <laughs> she laughed inside. God heard it. And God heard her thoughts. And God said, wherefore did Sarah laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. Why? Because she feared. She was, af- she was afraid. And God said, you better watch out. God gets the last word. God gets the last laugh. That's probably a bad pun for this message. But God gets the last laugh. He says, nay, but thou didst laugh. So you can't argue with God. Quit trying to argue with God. Quit trying to make your case with God. Quit trying to make your goodness enough to where God will accept you. Quit all of that and just bask in the pleasure of the mercy of God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sarah denied. And he said, nay, you did laugh. So guess what? She laughed at God. She scoffed at the promise of God, which he'd been making for 25 years or so. <laughs> And so Sarah scoffed at that promise. She laughed when she was called out and said, Sarah, you're going to have a son. It's going to come from your bowels. It's going to come from your womb that does not work. God said, why did Sarah mock and toy with me? Why would Sarah mock and toy with my promises? Don't we do that, child of God? Can you identify with Sarah? (laughs) And now let's look at the last laugh, which we read from Genesis 21. God visits Sarah. God causes Sarah to conceive. You know, listen, God made Sarah's womb work. It's a miracle. He touched her womb that was dead all of her life. He touched her womb and it worked. Okay? And God also touched um, Abraham to cause him to be able to father children again. And by the way, he goes on even after Sarah dies and he marries Keturah and has many more children. But at this point at 100, even Abraham's not capable of having a child. It says he was as good as dead. (laughs) So God gets the last laugh. don't, Don't you ever forget that. God always gets the last laugh. Sarah said... Verse 6, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. The word God right there is Elohim. Elohim has made me to laugh. Has God ever made you laugh? I'm going to tell you one thing. A legalist will never laugh. They cannot see that God has a kind and smiling face. They're always on edge. They're always thinking I'm behind. And you know what the fact of that is? You are. And then there's the legalist that thinks, no, I'm ahead. I've got it all worked out. Totally oblivious to the kind providence and smiling face of God. You understand, we have a laughing God. He laughs at the wicked when they say, 
We'll rise up against him and throw off his bands. He laughs at that. And he also makes us laugh. Think about the ways that people, that we make people laugh. You know, until this year for the last, I don't know, 15, 17 years or whatever, we would have this little music festival, you know, up there in Zion, which I dearly look forward to that every year. You know why? Because I like to get up there and dress up like somebody and act like a fool. I like to see people laugh. I go back and watch myself and I'm like, I'm such an idiot. That is so funny. I make myself laugh. Y'all ever seen Singing in the Rain? My favorite song in Singing in the Rain, that famous movie, is when Donald O'Connor sings, make them laugh, make them laugh. It's one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. I, I've got it almost memorized. I tried the routine one time. I almost killed myself. I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> That routine, it, by the way, I looked it up and it says that he ha- almost went to the hospital after he finished that routine. It's so crazy how, what he does in that routine. And yet some of you that have never seen it are going to go home and watch it. Can you see this side of God? The side of God that makes us laugh? I hope you can. Can you see that side of Jesus? I'm going to tell you what, there's no frowning face on Jesus. I know he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief when he was here. There's no doubt, but not anymore. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I believe he did a lot of smiling and laughing and talking when he was here, but there were times of intense sorrow. Can you see this side of God? I tell you, I see it in Psalms 126 and 2, what it says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like those that dream. It says, our mouth was filled with laughter because the Lord made us laugh. I cannot believe that that little eight-member church would revive. It would turn into from a small two or three people to a troop. I cannot believe that that little one-member church would revive and turn into a thriving church. I cannot believe that all of these things would... And, you know, saying I can't believe is probably a statement of non-faith. As I've said, we need to say, it's amazing that, that that little church would revive. It's amazing that God would show me His truth. Have you ever just looked at the truth of God and just laughed and thought, this is so good, it's so amazing, and it makes me so happy? I tell you, an empty tomb makes me laugh. It was not a laughing matter on the day when he went to Calvary. It was not a laughing matter of the Romans, what they did to him, or what Herod did to him, or what the Sanhedrin did to him. But I tell you, the Lord had the last laugh, did he not? He went and they put him in the tomb, a dead body, three days and three nights later he comes out. There's an empty grave to cause us to smile and to laugh. The old hymn writer said, I view the monster death and smile, for he has lost his sting. Can you say that? Isaiah 51 and 3, 51 and 1, which I believe, I know, is directly connected to this verse of Scripture. Listen to the language, to Sarah laughing. Isaiah 51, it says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock, whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit, whence ye are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. Watch the language. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden. Sarah said, Shall I have Eden? Shall I have it again? And she held that baby in her arms. Can y'all see her sitting there looking at that baby, Isaac, and just going, God has made me laugh. A 90-year-old woman. Oh, listen, child of God. We all shall have Eden again. We all shall have such pleasure. You ever notice in Revelation 21 and 4 where it says, what would not be in heaven 
It says that all tears would be wiped away. No more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. What is not on that list? Laughter. <laughs> I tell you, I see Jesus coming into heaven there with, the, with the, holy, the host of His people following Him out of every kindred and tribe and tongue and nation. And do you really think that He's going to be going, Here I am. I made it by the hardest. I'm telling you, he'll be laughing when he comes through the gates of heaven. He'll say, behold, I and the children which thou hast given me. It makes me smile to tell you that. He's not going to be missing one child. We shall have Eden. We shall have the super Eden. You see, Ecclesiastes 10 and 19, I already told you, it says a feast is made for laughter. What are we going to do when we get with the Lord? We're going to have the marriage feast of the Lamb. You think there's going to be laughter at that table? You think the Lord's going to kick His head back and say, they're all here. Doesn't it make you happy, mom and dad? Maybe some of the kids who have married and moved off or have other things going on, and they all come back and makes you say, oh, they're all here. It makes me smile. I know I can testify that for my mom. When one's missing and one couldn't make it, oh, I wish they could be here. But when they're all there, it's all smiles. (laughs) Don't tell me for one second. That's not the way it will be with the Lord. In a much greater way. By faith, we laugh. Life is either a tragedy or a comedy. I'm just going to keep on laughing. Has God visited you? Have you, like me, scoffing, laughed at God and the promises of God? There's no way that's going to happen. There's no way that person will see the truth. There's no way that church will revive. And then the Lord does it. The Lord shows out and we go, (laughs) why did I ever doubt? Are you laughing in faith? Okay. Some of you still got little frowns on your face. So maybe this story will make you laugh. I'm going to try to make you laugh. One particular night, believe it or not, once in a blue moon, Sister Tracy and I might disagree on an issue. And I, we're, we try to be like mom and dad. You know, mom and dad never fussed. They never had any arguments in front of us. And I was like, how did y'all do that? She was like, well, we saved it when we, you know, after y'all went to bed. <laughs> but we worked it out before morning. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, your frustration. So on this particular night, Sister Tracy and I were, I, listen, here's the funny thing about issues. I don't even remember the issue. But I remember we were at odds. You know, we were like, I think this, I think this. Have y'all ever been there? Am I the only one willing to confess that? <laughs> that makes me laugh if you say, no, I've never been there. So we were laying in the bed, and in our bedroom we have these recess lights, just like this right here. There's a recess light right above where Sister Tracy was laying. And of course, I do remember enough to know that I was on the wrong side of the issue. I do remember that. But I wouldn't give it up. <laughs> So we're laying there in the bed. I'm on my pillow. She's on her pillow. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, blah, 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 blah. you know, well, what about it? Uh, and then we were just to the point to where we were just fixed to say, well, I guess we're going to have to go to sleep on this one. Wake up and take it up in the morning because we're so tired. We're laying there. I was thinking, why can't she see my side? I don't even remember what the issue was. And Sister Tracy, I know, was laying there. Why can't he see my side? I'm just about to go to sleep. Say, forget this. Cut the lights off. The lights were on, by the way. And we noticed something was in the recess light. Something just started wiggling in the recess light. And we both kind of went, huh, huh? And about that time, something fell out of the recess light. Tracy goes, ah! She jumps up out of the bed. And a big, long, two-inch-long green grasshopper fell out of the recess light and landed on her pillow, which to me, that was a sign from God. She's right! <laughs> Made you laugh. Let me tell you something. I have never seen a green grasshopper on the two or three acres right there where our property is. Never. Now, we got a bunch of black crickets. Am I right? You guys see any of my children? Never seen. I'm sure they're there out in the woods or whatever. 
I have not seen a green grasshopper that I can hardly remember maybe twice on McCool Farm in 49 years. You say what you want to say. I say God's got a sense of humor, and he sent a green grasshopper to show how stupid I was. And you know what we did after we looked at that grasshopper? We looked at each other, and we went, <laughs> we just died laughing at that green grasshopper. And I don't even remember what the issue was. And I know that's kind of bizarre, kind of silly, but I still to this day don't know how that green grasshopper got up in my ceiling. It's all sealed outside. You can't get in. Well, I think God probably sent that. He probably, can you see him in heaven going, hey, Tim is being a complete fool. Let's send one of them grasshoppers we used back over there in Egypt. Drop it down on the side of his wife's bed to show him that she's right. <laughs> do y'all think crazy like that? <laughs> I do. 453 in our hymn book says, God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Now listen. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. Do you see our Lord laughing? He gets the last laugh. Let's laugh in faith with Him. Let's joy and laugh over the promises of God.